Ahoy, Shock Fantasy fans. This is Matt Harrison, and before the show begins, I have three jobs for you. First, please take a look at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the Shock Fantasy podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Second, wherever you're listening, give me a rating and a review for the show. If you include your Twitter handle in the review, we might send you something fun in the mail. We do that periodically. And third, if you haven't yet subscribed to the season pass of Shock Fantasy, you should. You get 365 days of the Shock Fantasy Super Dash, which gives you stats and info to set all of your weekly lineups, including DFS lineups. The Redraft and Dynasty trade value charts, so you never get taken to the cleaners in a trade. Our waiver wire content each week. The Super Bowl, Thanksgiving, and NFL Draft prop bet games so you can make friendly wagers with your family and friends at the most important football gatherings and preseason cheat sheets for basically every kind of fantasy football imaginable. You'd be getting those for next year. Now, all of that curated color coded data comes to you for only $40 for a full year. That's 76.9 cents per week. But if you act now and use the promo code AirBear. You get the whole year for only 25 bucks. That's promo code AIRBEAR, A-I-R-B-E-A-R, for those of you who are brave spellers. Enter that at checkout and we'll knock off $15. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. This is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter and at Shock Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, reminder to rate and review the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Five stars on your favorite podcast platform. We're bringing you a podcast every Tuesday-ish, sometimes a little early, uh, that uh, has to do with the waiver wire, similar to what we used to do on the old fantasy football almost daily, and then also the Thursday night matchup, which usually comes on a Wednesday evening, and that's what we're doing now is the Thursday night matchup between the Jets and the Colts. Now, the Jets face the Colts in Indy on Thursday night, coming off the huge win over Cincy, led by Mike White at quarterback. Uh, White led the league in passing yards in week eight with 405. Many of those were dump offs. In fact, 20 of his 45 throws were intended for running backs Michael Carter or Ty Johnson. 14 targets for Carter, six for Johnson. And that's not much different than what he did in week seven against the Patriots where he uh, filled in for Zach Wilson. Carter had nine targets in that game and Ty Johnson had seven in that game. So that was about 50% of his passes in the first time around. Now, White came in uh, and ended with 32 pass attempts. So, yeah, that math works out. So with White starting again on Thursday night, how does this game match up for Carter and Johnson? It's not as good as you might think. Now, the Colts, they rank as the third best defense in the league against the fantasy running back. Much of that is due to the fact that they've only allowed three touchdowns to the position all season. That's two on the ground and one through the air. But against the pass, 
They've actually been pretty stout as well. No opponent the Colts have faced so far have targeted their running backs more than seven times in a game. That was Houston who did it seven times, and they split that workload pretty evenly among four players. So it can be deduced that the Colts really haven't faced a team that just overwhelmingly throws to their backs. So there could be a weak point here that's yet to be discovered. Against the run, they've been mostly great outside of a 113-yard outing by Derrick Henry back in Week 2. That took Henry 28 carries, though. And uh, Elijah Mitchell did get 107 yards just a couple of weeks ago. They've basically held everybody else in check. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a C-plus grade on Carter because he's been more involved in the passing game. I'm going to leave a bench grade on Ty Johnson, but not many people were starting Ty Johnson anyway. So Carter is startable in this game. But it's going to have to be a high PPR kind of a game, and, and that's what you're, you're trying to get with Carter here. If you're not in a PPR league, Carter should probably stay on your bench in this one. As far as the other Mike, Mike White, who we just talked about a little bit, uh, he could be a solid start this week. I'll also throw a C-plus grade on him. The Colts have allowed 19 touchdown passes on the season. That's good enough for second most in the league and an average of 2.4 per game. Now they don't give up a ton of yards. They're middle of the pack there at 257 per game. But White's passing volume has been much more than the Colts have faced thus far. He's been chucking the ball a lot. Now granted it's a lot of short and intermediate stuff, but the fantasy points could be there, so he is startable in this matchup on Thursday night. Targets while er, I should say targets in White's two games so far have been Crowder with 15, Elijah Moore with 12, Keelan Cole with 7, and Corey Davis with 6, but Davis didn't play last week due to a hip injury. Now, he said on Tuesday that his hip feels good, but he also didn't practice on Tuesday, not even in a limited fashion, and it's, you know, 48 hours before the game. It's now 24 hours before the game, and he's still looking pretty iffy. Um, if Davis does end up going, I'll give him a C grade because he did catch a touchdown pass from Mike White earlier in week seven. Uh, if he doesn't go, I think that brings Elijah Moore in play with the C grade. Uh, regardless of Davis's status, I'll attach a B minus grade to Jameson Crowder with all those targets, and he should stay pretty short as he runs from the slot. You're not reaching for Tyler Croft or Ryan Griffin at tight end, even though you might think, oh, it's a short passing kind of thing. It's like two or one targets for either or both of those guys in any given week. That's not good enough. And since I ended with the Jets tight ends, I'll just start with the Colts tight ends. Uh, it's kind of an equally bad group. Well, maybe not equally bad because Mo Alley Cox has scored four times in his last five games. However, He's had three or fewer receptions in each of those five games and was targeted only four times last week, came up with a goose egg. No catches, no yards, yuck. Now, Jack Doyle did score last week, but he gets fewer targets than Allie Cox on the whole, so you're blindly hoping for a touchdown from one of these guys, and I don't want to try to guess. Uh, you could only consider starting them in a spot where the matchup is brilliant, and it's slightly better than a middle-of-the-pack matchup against the Jets, who are allowing six catches and 66 yard per game to the tight end position, but it's less than a touchdown per game there. I don't think it happens. I'm leaving both on the bench. T.Y. Hilton has already been listed as out for this one. 
which really leaves Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal as your receiving options. No one's really considering Pascal for the regular lineups, but uh, Pascal is coming in at 6,600 on DraftKings in the showdown slate. That might be a nice contrarian play because that's a little higher price than most people would want, and he has had some touchdown success in the past, so he probably won't make a ton of appearances and lineups for the Thursday night's showdown slate, and if he does score... That's a moneymaker for you. So he's kind of a sneaky player right there. Uh, Pittman had 15 targets and 10 catches last week against Tennessee. Converted that to 86 yards and two scores. The week prior, he only had four targets, but did catch all of them for 105 and a score. You could say that the connection with Carson Wentz seems to be working right now. And the Jets have been really good against wide receivers on the position this year, mostly due to how easy it is to run on them. They're only allowing 12 catches for 157 yards per game to the entire wide receiver position. So you got to spread that around to Pascal and Ashton Doolin or whoever, maybe Paris Campbell will play. I don't know. But uh, both of both of those numbers are in the top seven. They've also only allowed five scores in the air to wide receivers. That's fourth best in the league. So with Pittman, I'll give him a C-plus as well. Uh, maybe a B minus. It's not a smash spot for Pittman. Like some might think somewhere between a B minus and a C plus. How's that? Oh man. I'm going to get into fractional plus minus grades. Uh, the smash spot does belong to Jonathan Taylor in this one. The jets have allowed the most rushing touchdowns to running backs. The sixth most receptions, the third most receiving yards and the seventh most combo yards to opposing back. So that all sounds good on the touchdowns and the receiving angle, but they're okay against the straight runner. They're only allowing 4.0 yards per carry. That's better than average. But I imagine this is a game where the Colts kind of need to flex their muscles on Jonathan Taylor and take some of the stupid, mistakey throws coming from Carson Wentz out of his hands. So I'm giving an A-plus grade on Taylor and I'm fully guaranteeing two touchdowns for him in this one. And if I fail on that guarantee, yeah, you're probably not going to say anything anyway. Anyway, Wentz, he's the last guy. He's basketball passing his way to 240 yards per game. It's the eye test on Wentz that bugs me. And he's trying really hard to make something out of nothing on a lot of plays. And it's starting to result in some bad turnovers including one in overtime that just cost the Colts the game last week. Again, people run on the Jets. They're only allowing just a fraction over one passing touchdown per game to opponents and have only picked one ball off the season. So this sets up as a low yardage, one passing score game for Wentz, whereby happenstance the Jets don't end up with a huge tide turning pick because they just don't pick the ball off. So I'll give Wentz the solid even C grade without pluses or minuses on this one. Don't like him all that much. People look at the Jets and they go, oh, the Jets, start everybody against the Jets. I don't know if I like it here. I think the Jets, the Colts are favored by 10 and a half in this game. And I think I take the Jets and the points in this one. So I think it's more interesting than people are giving this one credit. So that's it. That's the Shock Fantasy podcast for today uh, for the Thursday night matchup between the Jets and the Colts. Uh, Reminder to follow us on uh, Twitter the Twitter machine at explosive output at shock fantasy. Uh, the new super dash is up this week. Tweaked it a little bit. Uh, it's looking really good on the formula. Uh, like what it's showing 
a lot lot more even plays. But when when players are not in line for a good game, it's really punishing them. And I do like that. Uh, also, should mention, go get an Air Bear shirt at the Shock Fantasy Shop. I mean, Air Bear, right? It's a cute little bear. He's in his flight suit. It's got a number 10 on it, some little lightning bolts. It's awesome. Go get yourself an Air Bear shirt at Shock Fantasy in the shop. It'll redirect you to our store on Bonfire, and it'll ship direct to you in about a week. They come pretty quick. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and I will talk at you next week on the Shock Fantasy Podcast.